Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Bill Berman about his recent book, Influence and Impact, Discover and Excel at What Your Organization Needs from You the Most. Bill Berman, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, it is a pleasure to be with you today. I'm super excited for our conversation as together we'll explore your recent book, Influence and Impact, Discover and Excel at What Your Organization Needs from You the Most. I think that's a fantastic title. I'm super excited to unpack that and explore the content with you. And and I appreciate you taking the time to share your insights with me and my listeners today. As we get started, I wanted to share Bill's bio with everybody. Bill Berman is the author of Influence and Impact and is an executive coach with experience as a psychologist, senior line manager, and organizational consultant. Since founding Berman Leadership Development in 2005, he has been a trusted advisor to general managers and C-suite executives across multiple industries. Bill began his career as a licensed psychologist and academic, started a software company, and has written and spoken extensively on a range of topics in psychology, coaching, and behavior change. You can find out more about him at his website, bermanleadership.com or follow him on Twitter. It's a pleasure to be with you. Anything else you would like to share by way of your background and personal context before we launch on into the conversation? No, I think you covered all of it. Except, except I was a chef for a while. And oh, then wow. that was not a good career move for me. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, you, you are a man of many talents and diverse background. That's fantastic. And uh, why don't you start by just framing up for us a little bit the why behind this book. Uh, what was the impetus for it? Uh, what drew your attention to this topic? And then we can start to unpack the contents of your book. So I've been a, an executive coach for close to 20 years now. And I've worked with a range of people anywhere from um, senior managers to CEOs. And what I've discovered is that for a large percentage of them, they're they're miss they're doing a great job like 80% of the time but they're just off the mark on a few things and those are typically fall into three categories they either haven't really understood what the job they have is and so they're doing either their last job or the job they wish they had or they're avoiding the job they're afraid of so they're they're just missing on a part of the job or they're missing on the culture. 
And so they haven't really understood what the organizational culture is. And so when they do things, they do it in a way that people can't absorb it um, and the organization can't absorb it. And so when I coach them, I do a little bit of just helping them shift their focus from one part of the job to another or to a new part of the job, or I help them pay attention to how the culture operates. And that can really make a difference and help people uh, really accelerate their careers. Yeah, yeah. I've seen those problems as well. Uh, I think it's the age old issue that many people have in their careers, not just executives and, and senior leaders. And that is and, and frankly, often we talk about like work towards the job you wish you had. And, and there's a level of good, you know, good advice there. But when you're in a senior leadership position, uh, you know, you were hired for a specific reason to do certain things and to lead a certain team with a certain set of talents and competencies. And so you have to be able to lean into that. And, you know, to an extent you can, you know, try to be forward looking and, and, you know, look around the corner and try to do what will help you be successful in the future, but you got to be successful in the here and now as well. Otherwise you're, you're going to be in for a world of hurt. So I, I agree. I think that's a, an incredibly common problem. Uh, and like you said, with your diverse background and years of experience, I imagine you've seen these patterns again and again and again. Um, so it, it seems natural that that would result in a book. When you think about it, the what people go to and are influenced by someone who is the go-to person, the person they can rely on to do things, the person who has expertise in the th- in in things, so they can get the job done, and the person who understands us, right? So they if and when you have those three things, then you can start to act in the way that your jo- the next job is. And that's exactly what we say in the book. First, you establish your, crit- uh, your capability, um, your ability to get things done, so your ex- execution capability, and your cultural agility. And then you can start to take on new problems or bigger problems or um, help your manager solve issues that they've been struggling with that's when you really have influence is once you've established your credibility, then you can make the next step. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And again, the, the, the title of your book is influence and impact. So there are tons of books on leadership, tons of books on influence and impact. Um, what, what do you see if you were to boil it down, you know, kind of a nutshell argument, what would you say is your, your main argument that differentiates your approach to influence and impact versus many of the other books that are out there? I, there, there are a couple of differences. So one, most of the books that are on influence are really about persuasion, not influence. So it's how to convince other people that what you, you want from them is right. And, and it goes back to, um, there's a classic book called Persuasion that really walks you through the social psychology of how to get people to do what you want to do. Um, the way I think of influence is, is it's a, the way I think of it is the 20th century was leadership through authority and 21st century is leadership by bringing people along so it's file it's leadership through followership and so what we're trying to do is help people build the followership get other people to want to help you to want to accomplish what you want to accomplish so it's this combination of trusting you respecting you and being inspired by you and so that's the fundamental skill that you have to build. And, and I, I think a lot of the books that are on influence are really not about that. 
Um, and impact, the difference between influence and impact is influence is how you get people to do what you want and get people to help you accomplish your goals. Impact is what do you do for the organization? It's how are you adding value or creating value or, or, or capitalizing on that value? Yeah, I like that distinction between influence and persuasion. And I completely agree. I, I think kind of the old school mentality of authoritarian, bottom, uh, top down, control the bottom, uh, management by fear, carrot and stick, you know, that kind of an approach. When we talk about persuasion, you know, not, not that people would necessarily frame it this way, but it's largely about manipulation, right? It's, it's about how do you pull the levers of the social psychology of individuals to get them to do what you want them to do, right? And, th and that's very, very different than what you're describing in terms of influence in the modern age, in the modern workplace, where we're trying to influence through the type of um, person we are, the example we set, uh, the environment we create, and how we foster meaning, purpose, collaborative, you know, creative thinking and innovation within our team. And, and when we create environments like that, then people want to follow. Uh, they're drawn to that kind of an environment. And that's also simultaneously going to lead to the greatest outcomes, the greatest impact for individuals, teams, and organizations. Uh, so I think that's a really uh, powerful distinction and way to think about both influence and impact. The, uh, the second part of the title of your book is Discover and Excel. How do you go about discovering what your organization really needs from you? Uh, I mean, there's a job posting and a job description. Sometimes organizations have those updated. Most of the time they don't. <laughs> so that's a starting point, but that's really not a great um, place to thoroughly understand what they need from you. So how do we go about discovering that? Well, you know, when I had my software company, um, we were a small business. So I job descriptions were something that were pretty fluid. And I always put at the bottom of the job description and anything else that the CEO wants you to do, right? Because it's really, it's about getting done the job that needs to be done, not about fitting into a particular category. And so a lot of times people think that the job they have is the job that's in the job description, or the job that they have is the job that the last manager defined for them, or that the job they have is the job that they have real expertise in, whether or not that's really what's needed from you. So what you have to, what I encourage people to do is to start talking to your manager, start talking to your stakeholders, watch your manager, watch your peers, and see what they're focused on. Because sometimes your manager, if you say, what's the most important thing you need me to do, they'll tell you. But sometimes they'll say, oh, just achieve your goals. You know, we've, we've set your, your key performance indicators, just do that. And that's not really helpful because it doesn't tell you what the manager needs from you. It doesn't tell you whether they're looking for you to help them be successful, whether they think of you as, the per, as somebody whose shoulders they stand on. And it doesn't help you, it doesn't tell you what they're looking for you to deliver to other people. At the same time, there are people around you. You have um, internal and external suppliers and you have internal and external customers. And it's what are those suppliers looking to give you and what are your customers looking for from you? Um, and a customer can be just anybody in your organization. It doesn't have to be an external, but it's somebody you give things to or you help do their job. 
make sure you know exactly what that is. Let me give you a concrete example. I have a, a, a young a man that I had been working with for, for about a year who um, was torn between two aspects of his job. One was the job that his direct line manager wanted him to do, which was basically help the manager get his, the manager's job done, right? He was, his, he was his bag man, he was his bag carrier. But for the organization, what they really needed for him to do was to generate his own business, to, to be a business developer, to create new contacts and create. And, and so he was constantly being torn between those two roles. And what I helped him do was basically pull away from his the, the manager who wanted him to help him do his individual job and help him really start to build his own business and how to manage that manager so that the manager wasn't just furious, furious at him. Um, and so, so he was became focused on the job he really needed to do, which would help him get where he wanted to go. And as a result, he's a, he just got made partner. So, uh, in the firm, so he's doing a great job, and his that he was able to manage the situation so that his managers got the manager got the work done, just not by him. That kind of that's an example of the kind of like figuring out what people really need from you. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. Yeah, and, and we all tend to experience that tug of war, right, in, in organizations, especially when it's pretty fluid, like you said. And yeah. smaller, nascent organizations, scaling, growing organizations, where roles and, and job titles even can shift rather rapidly, we need people who can be adaptable and, and do what we need them to do. Um, and, 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 you know, frankly, organizations aren't always particularly uh, skilled at communicating that um, and, and, and doing it consistently. So, so, you know, I could have every best intention as a individual on the team to try to do what my boss wants, but then, you know, someone else from over here who, you know, my department serves says I need this. And all of a sudden you start to get pulled in a bunch of different directions. You're not even sure who you're supposed to give priority to. And That's pretty right. soon you start to find yourself drowning in all these expectations. And especially if you're a high performer, someone that people know they can count on to get things done, 
you tend yeah. to attract a lot of attention because everyone knows you're the person that can help them get stuff done. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're just drowning. So um, I, I think it's, it's really, really vital that we, we learn how to, to manage that and to balance the, the need to do what people need done and do it in a way that protects our, you know, personal professional boundaries uh, and will allow us to have sustainable effort over time, right? Because ultimately nobody can be all things to all people all the time. You will burn out. Um, and, and certainly in leadership, there's that tendency that we have, like we want to, we want to make everyone happy. We want to look good in front of everybody. Uh, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, that may not be feasible. Uh, we have to draw lines in the sand. Uh, how, you know, how do you, how did you coach that individual um, and help him or her get to the point where they were able to you have more demarcation between what they're trying to do and, and, and essentially meeting probably the, the bigger higher demand need of the organization while, you know, balancing the, the demands of, of their immediate direct boss. So in this particular case, um, he did a couple of things. The first is he, con he continued to show the organization as a whole this particular value that he was really good, he was uniquely good at, um, at providing customer insights that nobody else was able to provide. So he kept doing that and did more in terms of presenting so that the senior leadership in the organization saw that and said, we want more of that. That allowed him to build those relationships so that they could basically help him control his manager. And so that when he would say, listen, people on my team, I've got, a, I've got somebody underneath me who can do a really good job on this. The, the, his manager didn't reject that out of hand and say, I need you to do this. He let them do it because he was getting pressure from the rest of the organization to let this guy shine. And so we basically, and it's a kind of, it's, a, it's politics, but it's the kind of politics you need to use in any organization to get things done, which is who's on your side, who will help you influence, who can help exert authority to help you move in the right direction. And, yeah. and, and, and particularly when they help you do the thing that you're most qualified to do that the organization needs you to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. And if we come back to impact, ultimately that's what we're talking about, right? Uh, we ultimately want achieve impact personally, right? With our own career in the job that we're doing, the tasks that we perform, impact in our relationships, both internal and external, as you outlined, impact for our team, impact for the organization. And so ultimately, that's what it all comes down to. And it, it, it's also an interesting thing that we've seen shift over time. Uh, 20 or so years ago, I was working, and part of this is a, is a cultural thing, but I, I was working in, in a South Korean tech company. Mm -hmm. um, and they have very long working hours, that kind of a culture, like show up yep. before the boss gets there, stay until the boss leaves. Um, and it doesn't really, it's not even about performance. It's about, you just need to be there. It's butts and seats. You know, even at the time I'm, I'm on the younger end. So I'm thinking that's a little silly, um, but I'm, I'm doing it because that's what's expected. And, and what I've seen though, over time, is there's there are holdouts that expect kind of that butts and seats like just put in the hours and that's how I'm going to measure your productivity versus what do you actually accomplish what do you get done and we all know that there are people who can do as much in two or three hours as some people spend all day 
you know, yeah. doing. And there are people uh, who are in endless meetings that don't accomplish anything and just regurgitate the same stuff over and over again, never make a decision. And so we really do need to get past this arbitrary, you know, there's just the butts in the seats. Like, can I walk by their office and see them there at their computer or are they gone? And therefore I think that they're not working and accomplishing things. We need to get more towards outcomes. What are they actually accomplishing? And if we want impact, then we focus on the outcomes, not necessarily how the work gets done, as long as it's getting done in an ethical and, you know, uh, uh, permissible way that doesn't violate laws or policies or whatever, um, then we don't really care how the work gets done when it gets done or whatever, as long as it's done well. I 100% agree with you. But that said, if my manager in my job today expects me to have my butt in the seat from seven in the morning till six at night, if I don't do that, I'm not going to get recognition from that person. And, and so I don't agree with that approach. And I don't think that's how I think that person's going to be subject to the great resignation very quickly these days. But I, but you as an individual can't get your manager as an individual or your company as an organization to change those beliefs just by asserting it. It's very, it's extremely difficult. Yep. May need to make the decision that this is not the right job for me. This is not the right organization for me. And I need to do something different. Some people, you know, will say, well, I suspect this manager is going to leave in a year so I can hold out. I can wait. Um, but sometimes not. And, you know, we all have to, I, I've coached people. I'm sure you know people where, um, they've been essentially trying to get the organization to do what they want them to do for weeks or months or even years, and how difficult and stressful and unfulfilling that is. People are going to be much happier if you realize that this is not the right place for me. This is not an indictment of me. It's not a failure on my part. It's just a failure of the match. But I'm going to look for something where their values align with my values, where their goals align with my goals. And where what they need from me is what I'm best at. Yeah, yeah, well said. And, you know, sometimes in the short term, we have to pl just play the game. Like you said, you know, it's, it's, it's just essentially uh, playing the game and, and, and dealing with the politics. And sometimes you just need to leave. And we know that, like you said, with the great resignation, people have reevaluated what matters to them, what's most important to them. And then many people have chosen to go somewhere else. Now let's not be fooled though. The grass isn't always greener. And, no. you know, uh, you know, I, I may not be thrilled with everything in my organization. That doesn't mean it's going to magically be better at the next place. So we also have to be aware of that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm a big advocate for, um, you know, be the change that you want to see. And, and that's whether that's in your home in your community in your, in your team in your organization. Uh, but also there's only so long you, should be willing to beat your head against the wall. <laughs> so, exactly. so ultimately, you know, move, move towards a direction where you're going to find better fit and that's going to bring uh, better satisfaction for you. Yep. Um, it's going to reduce your, your stress and your anxiety. It's going to bring uh, higher levels of productivity. So ultimately it's, it's a hard choice to make, you know, when someone has to make the decision to go somewhere else. Um, but ultimately, it's uh, sometimes the necessary and the right decision. So, and, well, and it's an easier decision to make once you know what the job really entails. So right. if you know what's expected and what the job requires and values, then you can make a, a, a more a clearer decision about that. It's when you keep thinking that it's one thing when it's another that it becomes extremely difficult to make that choice.
Yeah, yeah. And coming back to something you were saying towards the beginning of our conversation, these things shift over time. I mean, so so people join a company thinking they're going to do X and over time, they're going to start doing Y, Z and even move back to A, right? Like things do shift over time. So yeah. we either need to be adaptable uh, and willing to adjust and reskill, upskill, whatever is needed, uh, or we need to be willing to, to move to the next place. Um, now it's, it, there's, there are rare exceptions to that. And there are professions where, you know, you get in and you're pretty much kind of doing the same thing uh, for your career, but that's, you know, pretty rare nowadays. I see a lot of times where people think that their job is their job and then um, their manager leaves and a new manager comes in and they either think I've seen t- it goes two ways. One is I'm just going to keep working the way I was working before, which is usually a bad idea because your manager doesn't really understand that view. They have their own view or there's a feeling that um, that. Uh, you should just leave me alone to do my job because I've d- been doing it for the past two years. So I, you don't need to get involved in it. Well, as a manager, I know you may be really good at it, but I don't know that. And I need to learn more about what you're doing. So I know that I can trust you. And people take that very personally and feel like it's somehow micromanaging rather than just showing interest and, and wanting to learn what you're doing and how you're doing it. And that's a, I see that as a particular point of friction for a lot of people with their managers. Yeah. Yeah. I see that too. I I'm sure I've experienced that as well on both ends. Um, and so that's, it's something that can be overcome just through open communication, right? Uh, let's just be very <clears throat> transparent about what we're doing and why on both sides, Um, And you can start to break down that resistance, that friction that might be, uh, that might be there. Well, Bill, it has just been a real pleasure. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a few minutes. Uh, But before we close, I wanted to give you some time to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your ongoing work, your team, where they can find your book, if you have any other projects in the pipeline, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. So, um, Easiest way to find me is at www.bermanleadership.com. You can find information on my book. You can see what the organization does. You can see the people on my team. Um, And so that's that's the best source for a lot of information. If you want to hear what I'm talking about or thinking about or writing about, I'm on LinkedIn um, most days. I'm on Twitter most days. And my handle is Dr. Bill Berman. Um, So just you can look for me. And I think the key takeaway here is the goal is for you to be doing the things that matter to you and um, actualizing yourself. And you do that by knowing what's demanded of you, what's required of you, and who you are and how those two things fit together. So the job, the, the core re- job for influence and impact is making sure you have a match between who you are and who the organization is and what they need from you and what you need from them. Wonderful. Thank you, Bill. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Bill and his team can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer than Indigo Leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. 
If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.